Ladies and gentlemen, this is entitled Weekend. And welcome to Entitled Weekend, the least racist podcast this side of the Northeast. Um, Shaq here with Bill and Dan. And, well, the Entitled uh, Town uh, Mothership talked about the Maz and Foger and that whole situation from a couple of weeks ago. But we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about it. And I feel that uh, being (laughs) being the... uh, only a person of color on in the entitled podcast network for persuasion i think i have a unique perspective and so uh first i want to get to you guys' thoughts because as a collective we haven't talked about it i i feel as though um my first actually my well my first and a half appearance on the entitled podcast network was me and ironhead we discussed all of the uh racist or at least semi-racist things that 95 the sports clan has said over the last well many years and shout out shout out to the police officer um jay santos for all of those clips but this one in particular it, it, it the right people are saying are saying what i would think that they would be saying meaning the right people are defend or the the right people who i expect to defend uh Felger and mass for these things are defending them saying oh it's just oh it's just a joke oh it's just it's just a passing word but clearly and obviously it isn't and it wasn't because he had to apologize for it and you know we don't have to play the clips because they were all played on the on uh the episode of entitled town which i recommend you listen to but for me and i'll just say this it's it's really amazing how this show is just accepted as it's a show where anything, apparently anything goes, you know, I guess it's style, it's a satellite radio show now. Is that what it is? No, no standards are involved. You can just say whatever you want about anybody you want and just expect it to be, oh, it, have it be under the guise of entertainment. Okay. But uh, what really galls me even more, and I've, and I've said this a million times and I, I'm going to repeat it. The fact that this station is the flagship station for most of the Boston teams, the Celtics, the Patriots. Um, not sure if they're the flagship station of the of the Bruins, but they probably are. Yeah, they are. So three of the four teams claim them as their flagship station. And I, I just, I just, I'm waiting for the day where they can just say enough is enough. We, we have players on our on our teams who are of color and and who probably I'm sure have listened to this and are like, well, it's probably ruining it for them. It's probably, why would you're the flag station and you're not going to be able to get the interviews you want because you're, you have two people on your air saying ridiculous shit. So wh- where's the logic in this guys? Am I, am I missing, am I missing something here where, or, or, and again, are, does it go to the, are we the bad guys thing? Am I missing something here or is it just, ridiculous and and we we need to start pounding the seal a little bit it's ridiculous ridiculous there's not a world that we should exist in right now where these conversations are still happening on 
airwaves with the reach that 98.5 does have. They have broadcast airwaves all over Massachusetts, and it's an absolute sin that we're in the position that we're in. Um, I, I, I was going to mention Jay Santos's threads as well. This is a there's a trend of, you know, I will say racially controversial um, commentary. I, you know, it's people want to defend the person who says it every time. This person didn't mean it. This person's a good person. This is the first time they've said that. But when you look at the accumulation of instances of issues like this that occur, and not just at 98.5, 93.7's had their issues too, but when you look at the amalgamation in Boston sports radio in general of all of these things happening, it's creating a trend. And that trend tells you that there are, there some, are problematic some problematic people, people on those, on those airwaves, airwaves and that they need to be removed. And, and you know, I'm you not know, calling I'm, for Maz specifically, specifically to be removed here. Um, you know, um, I think I said before we went on that it's very possible he's, he's making a joke to try to get in good with the other people on the on the same you know show as him who might enjoy that enjoy type it. of joke. It's you know, it's a culture issue. And so, you know, you hear sensitivity training and it's such an over utilized statement. Oh, everyone's oh, gonna go through sensitive sensitivity training or equity and inclusion training. What does that training actually entail? What are they actually doing? And what is actually happening? Because that has to change. Because at the end of the day, what we're looking at here is not only is it abhorrent what was said, because it was, even, you know, you have to understand the intent of the words that you're using. And even if it's not an intentional act. And in the context you're using them in. Correct. It was a subcon. If if it wasn't intentional, it was a subconsciously racist statement to make, and he's got to own that. But at the end of the day, the next time people are saying that Boston in general is racist, the people who are going to be leading that conversation on the Boston airwaves are the same people having these sort of comments, and the clips that can be used from their show to reinforce the Boston is racist statement disarms arguments against it. Truly. It's really hard to say Boston isn't racist when you've got people on the airwaves making these comments so nonchalantly. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a steamroller. It hurts everybody involved. Most importantly, of course, the people targeted by racist remarks like this. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying Tony Maserati is a racist. What I'm saying is the comment he made was racist. There should be a clear understanding of why he made it. There should be training that is actually impactful done. I don't care about pulling one individual off the airwaves when the whole apple is rotten. So you got to do something about and that. There's a, and there's a history on that show for those comments to be mm-hmm. made. So. Exactly. And, you know, during the apology, having your headlines guy jump in and essentially say what, what, what happened wasn't that bad is asinine. And, you know, I think that largely the apology, probably because of pressure from people, Shaq, like you just mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots called, if the Celtics called, if the Bruins called, obviously if sponsors called and said this is problematic and you've got to do something about it. But it's... <laughs> It, it, it's really the apology it, for large part was what you should have heard in an apology. Whoever was doing the PR spin for them was doing a pretty good job because Maz was saying the right things, saying that what I'm saying doesn't matter, but I have to show it and, you know, show it in the future. 
and, you know, Felger jumping in and saying, you know, I could have dumped that, taken some responsibility to like that's whoever spun up their PR machine for that over the weekend did a pretty good job. But it's about what happens moving forward. And it's about trying to create a culture where that's no longer happening, because, you know, I'd love to see Jay Santos, our, our you know, officer in arms against 98.5, you know, have nothing else to add to that thread. And that's really the goal here is it's not about pounds of flesh. It's not about insulting, you know, the humanity of anybody involved, involved. though. Yeah, cancel you know, culture. It's not cancel all those, culture. All those, all those stupid excuses. Yeah. It's con- there are consequences to the actions. He was suspended and he should have been. But at the end of the day, I care more about it not happening again than I do about it happening in this individual instance and the instances before something has to change because whatever they've been doing to this point to try to shift away from what's been happening clearly has not worked. And Dan, what doesn't help are the people who are, you know, who are doing their arms and blocking all types of criticism that are headed that have been headed towards uh, Felber and Maz, you know, and especially those people, uh, people of color who work in the Boston market who, and, and again, of which there are few, uh, but the people who are, are, you know, kid gas who's saying, Oh, well, he didn't really, he didn't really mean it. He's such a good guy because again, he's looking out for himself too. Let's be honest. Chris Gasper does not really care about who's hurt in that comment. What he cares about is that Maz is his buddy. He works at 985. So does he. So that's, it's, it's, it's all cyclical in that manner. But Dan, it, it, Again, the right people are 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 angry that anything w- w- of consequence happened to to Maz, but um, there they are back on the radio on Monday like nothing happened. So it, I guess I guess it wasn't a big deal when it comes to that, right? Yeah, I'd say to Bill's point, they they definitely had uh, the coaching, the coaching of the PR, of the PR machine, machine um, telling them that they just need to move on, pretend like it never happened, and that way. People will forget about it over time. I think to your point, this keeps happening, but it happens like they space it out when it happens again. It's just a, you know, I'm not even gonna call it a slip up. I think it's just they forget that they shouldn't be racist because I think they all have that in their roots. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. I, you know, you say something racist. I don't think you're a racist per se, I guess, but there's, there's something there. Like, I don't feel it's right to call Maz racist, but at what point do you say it over time, like over the span of his career? It's when people when people show you who they are, believe him the first time. And right. the first time has been a long time from that. Right. Like he's had multiple chances. It, it, and, and this was the first time. I think this is the first time. And you guys would probably all agree. We all saw that clip that day and we were all like, holy shit. Like it actually happened where it was explicitly said. Like we, we're used to reading in between the line like between the lines before there's the hints there's the veiled racism as people like to say but this was full on this this was like the first time and not only that there was a video clip of it so that i think that even lent even more uh to the to the audience to say oh no he's racist like it'd be a lot different if we only had audio i mean the whole thing is different if you don't have the the visual and luckily for for Cully for grabbing the clip and showing people like, yeah, these people are dirty fucking people. Like they, they do some awful shit. And, and 
back to the Bill's point about the training and everything, I don't think this gets get better, better until you start cutting the fat. You you need to start changing some of the people around you, like the Bedards of the world, who also employ racists, well known oh, from the Boston Sports Journal. And it, it's just like you're you're blanketing yourselves with people who enable that same behavior. And it's becoming sort of like a boys, boys club. club. Like they all to that to that point about you you're in an environment which enables that type of talk in those types of jokes when he said that they were all laughing and i think felger was the only one in the moment that really was panicking to say oh i see the full how this will look he was the only one initially i mean jim murray's looking around laughing he they they all thought this was a great day like they're all they're having a blast making these jokes oh it's an inside joke because of the Car right. It's like, but and, and that's that's excuse, like inside joke. It's like, well, you have a whole audience. Let us in on if 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 it, if it's that funny, let us in on it so that we can understand it or don't make it. This is not like, you're on the air. You're not off the air because if that's how you act on the air, my God, I can't, I can't imagine oh. how worse it is off the air. And that's what I mean. I mean, this is just stuff they do behind closed doors, and I and it, and it goes back to that saying like, who you are behind closed doors is is what your character is like when people when the cameras are off or people aren't watching what are you like then and i think this is this is what they're like and we just got that one glimpse and it, it got cut and he, he slipped and i say slipped i mean i, I think I he think was he acting was himself done. i think that was just them being the boys club or whatever they are and i'm like when they go down to the super bowl those weeks i bet this is like th- this is nothing compared to what that is like the, the behavior shown then and I mean, when the fir- one of the first people that comes out to defend you when that happens is Jerry Callahan. That's a red flag right there. All right. Now you got true, true racist uh, people backing you. They they enable that type of behavior. Um, like he may have sort of a come to Jesus moment when he goes to training. Like I saw um, Kirk Minahan say, like, you know, it's brought like Keith to tears in the past and. Uh, Tomase and you know like those guys broke down when they did the training which good like you should because you're shitty human beings I mean most of you are Um, but back to that whole you know like Chris Gasper thing it's like Chris Gasper did that because he knows he he can get value on 98.5 and if he spoke up against Maz it was all gone he's not getting his radio program he's not getting his spots anymore and i think it's the same thing with Bedard. i think they're all like that they're, they're cowards that no one's gonna speak up against them that uses that show as a platform and that's just the unfortunate and that's what i mean you got to get a more diverse crew there i mean we've all seen the pictures they all talk about diversity and how they have the quotes about how they are all about diversity in the workplace everyone's white I mean, it's, it's that it's that picture of the role of white guys just doing doing the side heads yeah and they've they're all they're all male i mean like there's there's i mean at least wei i'll give them credit they're they're hiring females at least like and letting them have a voice and i i honestly i i don't believe like you know there's racism wherever you go unfortunately and it's in every city and it always goes back to those boston's racist you know those people that always just like stereotype because of one little like one little incident or something. It doesn't help when you, when you're. De- it doesn't help when these things happen when you're trying right. to defend Boston and New England that these things happen. And again, 
TMZ and all these national media outlets perpetuating it, yes, but they're also telling the story and it's happening there, so it doesn't help. And yeah, yeah. like, yeah. good then, sorry. And, and uh, no, 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 you're, you're right. And I think as a fan, I see fans that get offended by it. They're like, we're not racist, how dare you? It's like, if you're not racist, you shouldn't be offended by it. Like, at the, tr- the true thing that's happening here that we should all appreciate is that they're exposing the real idiots here. I don't care about Tony C that lives up in the North end. That's racist. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, unfortunately those people are out there and they're terrible fucking people. And those are the type of people that like to call into 98 five because they also support and enable that environment. All these old school, like people from, unfortunately it's a fact there's people in Boston in actual, the city of Boston with a lot of, it it goes on for years and whether you want to call it racism or it's, it's one of those things where it's like shrugged off racism. It's, it's something that's over time that people just say, ah, oh, like you're making a big, it's all those people that you saw in the comments. They're like, you guys are making a big deal out of nothing. Like, this is, this is just a joke. It's like, it's, that's the problem is you guys are finding excuses for why it's okay. And once you do that, it's, they can keep doing it. And as long as that environment is set up, like, like I said, you got to cut the fat, you got to, and they'll never do it. Like, I, unfortunately, unless, unless it changes ownership again and someone comes in, it's like, we got a clean house and we got to get some, Hey, let's get some expatriates players in here. Let's really put the fear of God into Mike Felger. If he has to stare across from like, you know, I'm not saying any of these guys would take the job, but like a lawyer Malloy, like someone that's going to like give it right back to him or call him out, like call him out right in the air. I mean, that's the problem. They're never going to do that unless there's like some huge shakeup, unfortunately, um, in my opinion, even with all the training in the world, I think people can change, but I think a lot of this is just rooted and enabled and facilitated by the people around them. And it's unfortunate. And I think something, something important here, Dan, to note is that by making comments like this, you are in, you are intentionally or otherwise making your workplace less inclusive of different populations of people. And it's so sad that it's like, oh, we need to hire the former, you know, Patriot, because you're spot on. Like, that's the thing that they do in order to drive the attention and the clicks. But are they going to take that job? Is it the, is, should the onus fall on that player to be changing the culture of that radio station? Because think about, because think about the former Patriots who've been hired in Boston media and and are still prominent in there. Ted Johnson. I mean, Matt Castle's a good one. He's probably one of the rare good ones that's prominent on Boston uh, television and, and radio. But yeah, the Ted Johnsons of the world, and mm-hmm. you know those those type of guys who that's who they want. They want the guy who is not going to uh, uh, spread the gospel, if you will, of of the Patriots and what they're trying to do and give give right. people information and understanding no they want the guy who's gonna slander bill belichick is gonna slander they pick the guy with an axe to grind yeah and 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 beyond that in a league that is so high percentage minority the the, it's a white guy of course it's you know and think about and let's not neglect the fact that the afternoon drive time is zolak another white former player it's that the, you know we're talking high percentage. He's really here. like a former player adjacent. So you right, know, right. Like, I, that his time as a Patriot is like yeah. well, it, for, and that's a former fact. clipboard holder. 
he right. he also he also enables and perpetuates the racist undertones too. There's so many things he says all the time. He, he does, and sure, everyone says he's just oh, it's just Joe and he's stupid. But it's like no, I mean that's he's mm-hmm. heard it somewhere. He's said it somewhere. I mean, there was, remember the time when uh, Obi Malafamu, uh, the safety for old safety for the Patriots. He had trouble pronouncing his name. He said, like, I don't want to pronounce his name. You're a fucking uh, commentator on the flagship radio station's team for the flagship radio station's team. And you, your job is to pronounce who these guys are. Name, know who these guys are on the roster. You can't pronounce his name. The and fuck? when they can't pronounce the name, they just call him the player. Just like Jim Murray and those guys would say about Cordero Patterson or just like the player. Because they don't they don't, they don't want to say the name. Or they, they just, no, or they'll they have wanna... Bernard on to, to tell Cam, Cam Newton to hang himself. They start 0-5 or whatever. But I think Bill looks at it as Cam gets to start and either we play well and we play winning football or Cam hangs himself and Mac, and I get to put my... Yeah, stuff like that. Nothing else to be said there. (laughs) No. I mean, and then you've got, you know, just to bring it back to to the former players, you've got Christian Fourier, who wasn't he suspended for some stuff related to, like, comments about Don Yee? Yeah. So it's it's like it it's and that led that led to the um the uh those classes, those um sensitivity classes. Mm -hmm. And like you're not gonna hear me give credit to the NFL league office or the league media often. Getting the McCordy twins involved at the na- at the national level is smart. They are, they, you know, I, they are wonderful assets there. I would have loved for them to stay more local to Boston yes. because they mm-hmm. are they they would have been tremendous in this market. That's exactly what we need. You know, it, it's it, it's sad that we're losing them to the national market, and you know, up until you know recent incidents for um, Willie McGinnis. He was, was pretty, pretty tremendous cool. at his role on the NFL network. And it's like, so it's the national is seeing the appeal of these former Patriots players doing commentary. Let's talk Randy Moss too, though. I mean, certainly I, I respect people. Yeah. Yep. Brewski. And I, I certainly respect if people are going to say Moss is more a Viking more, you know, whatever else, but you know, it, it's, they're seeing, they're seeing players from a diverse background being able to come in and do this job really successfully at a national level how How do the the boston sports media not see the same how do they keep you know how do they how are they not making it a representation of the sports that they cover it's it's absurd to me and it's you know it's Lou Merloni. It's you know it it, 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 over and over again it's bottom of the barrel guys right Right. And it's not, you know, and there might be an axe to grind. Like Ted Johnson certainly axe to grind. Some of the other guys might have access to grind, but it's just the fact of the matter is be representative of the teams that you're covering. And that's a larger issue than, you know, again, that's culture. That's, that's 98.5 as a, as a radio station and the larger organization, I forget the name of the, the, the organization that owns them. Um, but that's, that's Beasley, an issue. Beasley media. Thank Beasley. you. Beasley, like Beasley media should be looking at that and going, wait a minute and i mean you know same thing with with weei and intercom they they like they need odyssey. a lot of no, odyssey, odyssey who, now who, yeah. who are who who are you know they're, they're going down the twos in the stock market right but it's the, like these organizations 100 percent should look at these stations and go why are they so white male dominated and why 
when we're why when we're interviewing former players or when we're you know why are we really leaning into white former players like and and it's not all but it's a large chunk and that's something that should be addressed and i'll add the other aspect to it that's i think 95 and boston media has shot themselves in the foot to where we are now in 2023 and trying to do something like that is think about all these players who if they were offered a job here it's like I hated those people when I was a player there. They, mm-hmm. they ruined my life or mm-hmm. they made me sick to play there sometimes, or that's why I left, you know, to go somewhere else. Or that's why I'm retired now. I don't have to talk to these people anymore. Right. Like, it, it may take a ton of money to get them to come back to right. spend four hours a day with Felger that's or, good, you know, whoever. It's like, it's like they, they, Boston media has ruined those chances for themselves with their behavior and they're still not correcting it. To this day, and if you get more Mike Reese's and you get more folks who are just just be objective, if you're just objective and you're just reporting the facts, the the real football piece to it and not all this drama WWE stuff, you guys could save yourselves. And maybe a player is going to be like, you know, I'd like to do I'd like to get a a, like a little cushy media job here when I come back or I'd like to change the media because when I played it sucked and I want to change that. So it's a little better for the next. I mean, I don't think anyone's really going to, cause they have enough money. Like right. I said, they're going to have to offer a, a shit ton of money and NBC sports as bad as that can be. Sometimes they have people, I mean, look at Eddie house. I mean, they, they have people brought back in Troy Brown who do those jobs. And I think, there's an opportunity and say like, we can do this in the radio, but we're going to have to shake things up. And I think that's the problem is it's so archaic in terms of everyone's used to these names and everyone's it's like, if you do your time at, at 98, five, like the Joe Murray's and the John Wallach's and the, the mm-hmm. bottom feeders, you'll build yourselves up. And one day you'll be like beetle and you'll get a spot on one day. The radio one, one day you'll be DJ B and you'll get the show on Sunday morning. Or you will get that prime 6 a.m. spot. <laughs> should have been like you should have been like Beetle and just literally ate your way up the chain. That's but it's it, it and it's again, it you're you're really hitting on the point of it's not the responsibility of the people that are not being represented to fix the representation problem. And well, part of that comes down to looking at the chain exactly what you just mentioned look at the chain they've had several openings in the midday show and every time it's been you know it's been some white guy that's filled it it was you know tangway and it was gresh and it was beetle and it was over and over and every time they move somebody up it just so happens to be somebody who looks a lot like me and is wearing you know a fucking kangal hat like it's it's just the worst representation of you know, diversity in any market. And it's, it's sad to see that they're that, that, that like, they don't have the chain of people. They need to go out and back up the Brinks truck to bring in somebody else who they've insulted for the last 10 years to try to draw ratings. And that's not going to go well, but they've also run out of talent. And like, listen, I'm not saying I love Chris Gasper or anything here. Has Gasper ever been offered a, a, a slot in the midday? He's like, say what you will. Another guy he's who's a, relegated he's as good to as Beetle, like weekends, <laughs> like he's as good as Beetle. Like 
it's right. like weekends are where the oh we'll just shove you know Gaspar on the weekends and then there's we've got a host who who's a, who's you know diverse and is a you know it, it's that that's it's insulting. like a quota it's a quota filler right that's, it, that's even more so why Chris Gaspar's apology for or excuse for Maz is even worse is because why can't he see where he is at the station right now they're literally standing on him and they're promoting guys like Ryan Flynn who I'd rather listen to nails scratch against the chalkboard than that doof talk about sports. Right. I mean, it's just look at the organization chart. Like that's all you got to do. Build out it. Like somebody look at the organization chart there. Who's in like, who is in their pipeline that is like an up and comer from any minority population. And that includes female. And I, I agree wholeheartedly that EEI for warts and all, has done a much better job at promoting females in sports and, you know, making sure that there's talent being showcased there. You can have opinions on, on those individuals, just like anybody else. But the fact that, you know, EEI has lapped them on that sort on, on diversity by that metric. And so it's, it's really just insulting to see the, you know, it, it's the same station as it was in 19, you know, as it would have been in 1985. Ah. Well, I will say the closest that they ever got to getting two former players from the Patriots to, to having a decent amount of radio time was Brandon Merriweather, even though it was Toucher and Rich, and Akeem Tlaib on Toucher. Like, that was the closest they got, and Akeem Tlaib and got then, a national and job. Even then, and even then, they go on and make fun of the way he speaks, and make like, and they've made a whole thing. It's just so dumb and stupid. But exactly. again, that's what they, that's what the people who listen to that shit, those shows, that's what they like. So mm -hmm. they're going to keep doing, they're going to give, get, they're giving their people what they want, not what we want, but they're giving them what they want. They want the, eh, he speaks funny. Isn't that funny, guys? <laughs> but it's, it's so juvenile. But you, Dan, you made, you made a point of, um, of players wanting to go on these radio stations. And one player who, unfortunately, it's his obligation to go on a radio station every Monday and talk about uh, the previous game is uh, his name is Matt Jones. Um, he has to, he's forced to go on the sinking ship WEI on Patriots Monday. And I wish that wasn't the case because <laughs> apparently now uh, Gresham Fourier had had this amazing question. And, and I guess this is, this is like a, broad broad one because this is this mainly goes i would say goes to the boston media as, as a whole and the question they asked was why is there a smear campaign against matt jones <laughs> that that's the question why is there a smear campaign against matt jones these are the same, these are the people who are leading the parade in the smear campaign they there are they're the ones that are opening the smear jars and smearing it all of themselves. It's it's unbelievable the amount of irony that has just been shot to death from these from all of these outlets. And then you have speaking of a uh, kid gas, Chris Gasper talking about dealing Matt Jones and signing Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like why? And then uh, then you have the. Uh, "Quote unquote," another and and then another one of these stories, another one of these stories from a, a from a uh, anonymous source, from uh, what's this guy's name? McKenna, Henry McKenna. Uh, Henry Henry McKenna. Yeah, now he works for and Fox Sports. Fox. I think is where he's... 
yeah, as he's the AFC uh, reporter, I guess, or whatever. Um, so he's like the Mike Reese of Fox Sports, but I would never put them in the same sentence. I'm just trying to say what what his role is, I guess. But and then you have these, and then you have the fake accounts retweeting the article saying, "Oh, New England Patriots coaches instructed not to be too hard on second-year quarterback Matt Jones in an effort to protect him from being too critical of himself." There was an issue in 2021 with Jones struggling after getting yelled at. Per McKenna. So again, yeah, why, why is there a smear campaign? That, that, that is a good question. Why is there a smear campaign against Matt Jones? Hmm. I wonder who were the culprits of the smear campaign against Matt Jones. It's just it's describe a gift time, get your bingo boards out. It's the, you know, it's the gif of the uh guy shooting the guy himself sitting down. And then looking back at the camera and going, why would someone do this? Yeah, the it, it's the Boston media <laughs> lighting up Mac Jones. Then looking back at the camera and going, why is this smear campaign here? Get ready for it with Matt Patricia because it's coming. Matt Patricia is about to be the greatest coach in the history of the NFL. Yep. Be ready why, for why, it. Why, did, why didn't Bill give, give uh, Matt Patricia any help or, or whatever that means? Right. And, and if it, it'll happen lightly today or lightly in the next week or two. And then when the Eagles come to Gillette next season, it's going to be the lamenting of letting Matt Patricia go as a member of the staff. Be ready. It's a double meme though. It's a, it's also the guy who's like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> Oh, the banana. Yeah. <laughs> the guy in the bananas. Yeah. 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 But it, it's just, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, listen, why is there a smear campaign against Mac Jones? One, because, you know, a bunch of the people who listen to sports radio are negative fucks who want there to be no joy in the world. So I, I, I guess that will drive you some attention. The other pieces that the Patriots did not perform as well as they should have last season. And there's a variety of reasons why that could be. And what the sports media has decided to do, as they typically do, is to throw all the shit against the wall and see what sticks. And so they decided that this Mac Jones one was getting some traction and that kept going. That's why there's a smear campaign against Mac Jones. Any QB entering year three after making a Pro Bowl year one, struggling year two. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks who have not looked as good as Mac Jones did in year one in their first two seasons and then really step up in year three. And what it came down to was the ability to build around that player and to be able to really elevate their game to a comes to mind Jalen Hurts comes to mind you gotta that's how you assess the the position now in year three and so it's this this next year is critical why there's slander probably clicks but I think they're the intent of it is to just point out that year three is an important year for Mac Jones and most people with a functioning frontal cortex will tell you that that's the case I was just going to say, so about the whole Henry McKenna thing, my buddy texted me before he came on the air to the Toucher and Rich show and the way it was the big market tease. And I, I don't even think it was a big market tease. I think he actually was trying to say this. Uh, Rich said, oh, my God, we have a bomb to drop after the break. This is a bomb bomb show. And he texted me and said, what do you think it is like? I said, oh God. I was like, it's probably not that big of a deal, but they're, you know, they want people to listen. So he's pumping it up. And he still was like, this is a bombshell. Why don't we have Henry McKenna explain? 
And he basically explained what we all heard and read there about they were told to, to baby him or coddle him, whatever, after that, the incident that happened in 2021. Um, he couldn't name what the incident was. He couldn't name what the game was. He didn't have a source. Obviously, he didn't have a name source. Um, so it's like, this is all just wishy-washy, typical Boston media bullshit. And to, to Bill's point, we're pivoting here because Bill did the one thing everyone had been screaming about doing for a year now, which is get rid of Matt Patricia. He finally does it. So there's nothing to blame Bill about right now, right? We're, it was still still February, March. You know, like, why? what do we have to complain about Bill? He hasn't got to the, he hasn't screwed up the draft yet. I mean, according to the media, he's, he hasn't done it yet, but he will, or a free agency. So who can we put blame on? Well, let's go back to Mac Jones being a quote-unquote baby uh, last season and ruffling feathers. No one has any information about who is mad, who, who's actually upset, whether it's the coaching staff. Or, and then Devin McCourty goes on national television and says, sure, I've pissed off people too. And do you know what they spun it as? And that was Adam Jones saying, wow, it does sound like he knows he's in a hole and he doesn't rub people the right way. So it's just, and, and check, that goes back to your point. What Gresh is saying, who's doing the smear campaign? You literally have someone on your station now that does it all the time. Literally every chance he gets, Adam Jones is smearing Mac Jones. Um, and my favorite part of the Toucher and Rich piece is when they were talking to Henry McKenna. As they're talking about it, they're kind of realizing this isn't that big of a story because of what they're being told because the Jets did it with Wilson. Multiple teams have done it with their first, you know, their quarterbacks are in their first one to four years. This is pretty normal. They actually had someone quote saying, that's pretty normal. So it, it went from this huge pumped up thing to just getting watered down to the point where, because you have a Jets fan on the show and Fred Toucher. So of course he can't really go off because he, he'd be a hypocrite if he went off and said, this about Mac Jones, if his own team is doing it with Wilson and he thinks Wilson is like the great God's, you know, gift to man. So I think the media just tries so hard to find these stories and then they end up being nothing. And like to Shaq's point, when those accounts started doing all the, the mind blown exploding emojis saying like, Oh my God, like I can't believe this. It's like, have you ever like, this happens all the time. This has happened for years. And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't mean no one's been told to like coach him softly. It just meant like maybe screaming at him isn't getting through to him because hello, have you watched anything with the the next generation? They they you can't coach him that way. Watch the NBA. You can't coach him that way. Yeah, some people adopt some some people identify with encouragement <laughs> you know some people just want to be pumped up and encouraged not yelled at and screamed at <laughs> well and, and here i i would just add that when you're looking at it he's not coming from a background of soft coaching he came from the saban tree he stuck it out at alabama so let me present <clears throat> an equally hypothetical situation than what's presented on the radio and tell me if this sounds more less or the same level of likelihood you're in the middle of this season. It's not going particularly well. The offense is struggling. There are some coaching issues. If the coaches that are not doing the, the, the job at the high level that they expect are the ones screaming at Mac Jones, that would very, that is not a, that looks like them 
putting the blame onto him for things that were outside of his control, and that could have had negative ramifications in the locker room. Now, does that make Mac Jones sound soft? No. Is that a completely reasonable business reason to take it a little bit easy on somebody? Yeah. If a manager isn't doing their job, they shouldn't be yelling at their employees to do their job. And that's the situation you've got going. That's the situation you had to that at that point in the season last year. So does that sound any more or less likely than anything else? Maybe, maybe not. But it's certainly a theory that I think has resonated with me over the past, you know, since that story came out where it's, I don't think Mac Jones all of a sudden wants soft coaching. I don't think all of a sudden he's not resonating with being yelled at when he came from the Saban tree and stuck it out there when he didn't have to and could have transferred to start somewhere else. So I I think he wants hard coaching. He said it. I, I tend to believe him. But I think he wants hard coaching from coaches that are also pulling the high level of execution that they need to in order to be delivering that message effectively. And that's not a knock on Patricia either. He just didn't do a great job last year. And that that makes it, you know, it's hard to be screaming and be up somebody's ass about things when you're not doing the highest level work you could be doing. I, I feel like we're like, not us, but the Boston media is just, it's almost like they're trying to find new ways and new information about what went wrong last season. It's like the writing is on the wall. We all know what went wrong last season. It was a guy that never coached offense before with a guy in his second year who got injured in the middle of the year and it stunted all the growth that could have happened in the off. There's just, it's, it's, it reminds me of sort of like the 2020 season too. Like with, with that team, it's just like, that was not a normal season. I, I love when people talk about that season, like, Oh, they had the opportunity to do this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there was nothing normal about that season. Talk about COVID and the Kansas city game and the, like just the weird stuff that happened last year was kind of like that. And it, it's like, like, you can't do that to a QB. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew that coming in. It's like, this probably isn't going to be the best on offense because you can't, first of all, switching coaches in the first place, switching coordinators. And second, going to a guy that knows so much less about it. And you're also going to change it completely at the same time. Um, it was it was never going to be great. We knew that. But now it's like, okay, we can write that year off. Like that happens in sports. You can kind of look at the Red Sox. We've done it multiple times with them where we can say, we can write that year off. Like we knew what happened. Like the Bobby Valentine year, shit year, shit coach. They still have talent. If they get the right coaching, there'll be something. And I think that's sort of where they are right now. Even though I love when people want to say there's no talent on the Patriots. It's like, there's so much talent with Patriots. Like they have one player who could play four different positions. If you want, he could contribute in every phase in Marcus Jones. Like you got Judon on the team. There's so much talent on that team. It's just, they weren't, be, being able to use it in whole one whole facet of the game, even though special teams needs to improve a lot too. I'm just saying this, this if they get well coached on offense, there's no doubt in my mind this team makes the playoffs next year. Like it's not even especially if they have a good draft and they do some things in free agency, which they will. I mean that, that's not even a what if it's they will. I, I mean th- that's the thing. And, and and I think people just want to keep rehashing history. Move on. We already know what happened. It was a shit year. It didn't go the way you wanted to. They got rid of the guy you wanted to get rid of. And to Bill's point, now you're making it seem like we ruined the guy's life and it's our fault. Or like, I, you know, the things I heard was well, Ted Johnson said, uh, wow, what a shit friend you have in Bill because he doesn't want to pay you. He's, he's letting you go somewhere else. It's like, 
Oh, Bill Pal- and Ben Vol- Ben Volan uh, saying Matt Patricia deserved better. Exactly. It's like what what year did you guys see what? <laughs> go back, go back to your own articles and your own quotes about. I mean, Fred Toucher every almost, it was almost every day of the season tried to say what a shit human being Matt Patricia was and used to play the clips from Detroit. I mean, they they loved the Darius Slay interview that popped up about what he said about Matt Patricia. He finally leaves, and if anything. He probably loves Bill because Bill's getting him interviews with the Broncos. He's getting him interviews with the Eagles. I mean, that's a friend doing a friend a favor. So why would he keep him in New England? People are just going to continue to tear that apart, even if he shuffled them somewhere else in the staff. It's not going to work. Move on. Unless he was gung-ho about having the Ernie Adams role, what role was he going to have? Because, you, you know, you've got, young talent on the defensive side of the ball yeah. and the co- in coaching across exactly. the board. Don't, don't mess with that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and listen, some of the responsibilities that might've gone to Patricia in some senior advisor role might've had to have been promised to Gerard Mayo to keep him. We have to remember that Gerard Mayo has stayed for, you know, in lieu of taking head coaching interviews and true DC title positions elsewhere. So let's, see what this is like he's taking on more responsibility that might have had to have promised some of what would have been patricia's job in order to keep him and if you're telling me it's matt patricia or it's gerard mayo right like you're you got to look at development of course you should keep gerard mayo gerard mayo is the up-and-comer and it doesn't even have to be that kind of scenario where it's an ultimatum between the two it's just adding him to the staff and i don't want to throw off what they have going on on the right even if they insert him into just a, a position role coach, like he's going to be the, if he's going to be the linebackers coach for um, uh, the Eagles, then that's great. But like, if he tried to insert into that role in the Patriots, I'm afraid he's going to throw things off. Just like he just, he, I mean, he's a, he's a decent coach ultimately. Like if he had to be a defensive coach, but like, we just don't need that right now. It didn't work on offense why not go do something that's going to work for him? And that's probably the conversation he had with Bill is like, there's no point in keeping me here. And the same thing goes for Joe judge. He could join special teams maybe, but like and special teams needs help. I'm not going to say they don't, but at the same time, like he's at a point in his career and his age where it's not going to work anymore. Just move on and go to a different team. I think. Right. And if you were, if, if he was one of those voices that was, you know, profoundly, you know, loud and at Mac when the offense wasn't clicking, has he, you know, it's the famous radio headline for the past 20 years about Belichick, but has Joe judge lost enough respect in the locker room where he, even as good as he was as a special teams coach, he would not be the right special teams coach for this team. And I don't know, it's possible he comes back and does special teams. And if he does great, I, I trust that they're moving the pieces in the right positions. Like, well, you know, he's certainly very good at that, but if he leaves, I totally understand why. And I understand why Patricia might've walked out the door too. It's if you were, to, if you were bombastically loud at one of your young developing players and you weren't pulling what you needed to pull. The players aren't going to bullshit around with that. That is not the paid, like that is an, you know, you hear Patriot way a lot. Belichick says everything. Coaches can lose you games, not win them. And if he felt like coaches were losing them games and then they were putting a lot of hard, you know, sort of aggressive coaching at Mac, it probably didn't resonate in part because they didn't have the clout anymore. 
Yeah. So to me, I just think it's it's really interesting about <laughs> again, it goes back to and then uh, Dan, you made a tweet uh, a couple uh, a couple days ago about now that we're going into we're going into free agency now and now it's going to be the same old old same old every free agent that at least whispers something about being available is going to be a, a patriot and if they're not then we're going to sign them off the work right and if they're not then you know what the hell is bill doing does he have amnesia blah blah blah, blah, blah. it's the same old thing every every single you, year you you miss all the shots you don't take so you should sign them Sign them all. We should expand the roster to 200 and then sign them all. Put, you know, cap is crap. Play with that shit. Move it around. We'll be fine. We'll just get everybody. Just take the dead money. Trade, trade for everybody and then trade them <laughs> back away when you don't want them anymore. Just take the dead yeah. money. It's the cat, you know, fl- flexible. Yeah. I was uh, going to yeah. tweet. Uh, I was going to tweet. We're almost to uh, uh, high ceiling, low, uh, low ceiling, high floor season is what we're approaching because. <laughs> That's, that's pretty much anyone the Patriots get. Oh, it's a high floor, low ceiling, you know. Yeah, and like to Cross an extent, and to an extent, you do want a talent upgrade at some positions. Yeah. So, uh, well, really quick before we before we leave, I, you know, the Bruins and the Celtics, um, you know, both 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 of them, I, I would say for the most part this season, but especially the Bruins. They've just been absolutely on fire. And again, when it comes to, we're talking about expectations here. <laughs> the Boston media, it seems like anytime you try to enjoy something, they want to snatch it from you and want to make sure that you don't enjoy it unless the ultimate goal is achieved. And for a lot of the Boston media, a lot of this Bruin season, they're a freaking wagon. They're, what, 48 games? They're two games left to 50. And 50 wins, I should say. And it's it's all about if they don't win the Stanley Cup, it's it's it's, it's an embarrassment. It's Well, I, I mean, what's the point of watching the season then? What's the point coming, of enjoying this run? That coming if, from a 400-pound guy that has goal. Cheeto orange on his fingers while he's probably – typing that or saying that so right i you know listen i was in new york last weekend and you know my my family can attest that my skating prowess is non-existent i hurt my knee skating at rockefeller plaza like we're we're, so you know i'm not going to go out there and critique these players but what i'm going to say is that they have had a tremendous year and you're not going to take anything away from them if they don't win it all in part because it's hockey to me is the hardest of the four major sports to predict the winner of going into the playoffs, because it can really be goaltender gets hot for four games. You're done. It's really about hot hands. It's really about, you know, the, the, the lines that are clicking at the right time injuries obviously play a massive role um, as they do in most sports. Um, but it's it's really a hot hand situation there. So, you know, certainly we'll all be disappointed to it, you know, and sad if they do not win the Stanley Cup, because that's, you know, they sort of set it up as the expectation. And in the chat, we were talking to me, this is the second highest pressure uh, sports season for any of the four major sports teams since 2000. Uh, I put it ahead of I put it only behind the 07 Pats. 
I, I put it ahead of the 04 Sox only because I feel like that team was fucking immune to pressure because they did the whole idiots thing. They did the whole, like they turned it into a mantra where it was all about like the pressures on them. We're, we're dumb. We're down three, nothing They Don't let us come back. They, they like, they did this whole, like really flip it on its ear mentality where the, you know, no. the Patriots didn't, the Patriots have always been all business, but this Bruins this team, team is team. setting themselves up with a ton of pressure. If they win, it will be one of the most impressive Stanley Cup seasons in the history of the sport and probably one of my top three favorite championships if they pull it off because it's just such a fucking wagon of a season. They're plus 105. The next closest team is like 52, uh, plus 52. They're like double the second place team in the league in plus minus for goal differential. It's absolutely absurd. And so I, I just, I look at it and it's, you know, I don't want to undermine what they're doing, but it's, it, I think, I forget who pointed it out. It might've been somebody here, but somebody mentioned the Celtics are having momentary struggles and it's, why aren't they the Bruins? The Bruins are a wagon and the, the, we're hearing why, you know, they're peaking too soon. Why can't they have lulls more like the Celtics? And it's just yeah. very, you know, it's, it's, it's very yeah, like, you know. I was going to say, yeah. Bill, I was going to say to Dan, it isn't just a, a 300, uh, it isn't just 400 pound radio men um, who who are saying this stuff. It's, it's 50 pound uh, radio uh, boys who are also saying the same thing. The Adam full Jones, spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Adam Adam Jones is saying, why aren't the Celtics having a Bruins-like season? But isn't 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 this this is entitled town? I mean, like this is the it, the true meaning. It's like we can't even enjoy uh, a record-breaking season or an unprecedented season. Um, you know, the same thing could be probably said about the Celtics. Is people are saying if they don't win the championship this year because of last year, it's a it's a complete bust and, and it's a shame and embarrassment. It's like we can never be happy unless, and even if we do win the championships, it's Tomato gonna cast. be spun. Yeah, it, it's it's like well, they got to do it next year too. It's this whole concept because mm-hmm. of what happened with the dynasty, the Patriots, and and all the wins with the Red Sox and and Celtics championship, the previous Bruins Stanley Cup. It's just like in that span of time, it's unprecedented that any city win, wins that many championships across the four major teams. And it goes even to the thinking of like Matt Patricia and Cam Newton. Like, why don't you have these people just ready to go behind them? It's like, that's an absurd, that's an absurd mindset. It is. You're going to be like, or like Tom Brady. Oh yeah. We just have the second Tom Brady right behind him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like totally normal. Once in a lifetime quarterback, we have two of them. Like these are the types of things that only Boston media and its fans can think up of is, is just like, well, this just has to go on forever. Right. Like, do, do these people have no sense of mortality even like, do they, do they think they're all going to live forever? Like this, this is the type of thing that's just like, this is such entitled town and you can't stop to enjoy the moment. And like you said, they want to piss in your cornflakes. They don't like fans being happy here. Uh, because I think they they just saw it for so long, and I think there's guys that saw it, saw the opposite for so long, especially the Patriots. Like before, the craft spot, the team, that sort of thing, is like they they'd rather have that than have this. And that's they want the, you to, they want oh. you to suffer like they did, right? right. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like you didn't deserve this. Like they they hate seeing they hate seeing fans. In a sense, they hate seeing the fans become entitled. But it's like 
I I think that's a that's a blanketed stereotype of the fan base. It's like, yes, there's definitely those people out there. There's a lot of them. But I don't think if you were like if you go to the games, that's not how all the fans are. Most of the fans are just like happy to be there. Why do you buy the ticket to go to the game? You're happy right. to be there. That's the whole point. It's like it's the fan experience. If listen, if the Bruins win this year, the the hallmark statement is going to be the NHL had a down year. That's what it's going to be. They were able to be so Mickey dominant. Mouse, Mickey Mouse, they, yeah, right? Because they were able to be so dominant because the league as a whole was down. And it's you know just to go back to to spindly Adam Jones, I think it's you know this is very not important, but I just had to make note that I it brought me back to like create a character in any of the sports games and truly whoever's running these sports stations is either putting all the size and weight things to one side or all the size and weight things to the other side. And so they have the tiniest spindly armiest little player. And then they have like the battle tank. And it's like, that's what we're that, that, that sports radio in a nutshell. It, spent, it's, it's these creative characters that are on, that are the, on the extreme. They spent all the attribute points in annoyance and uh smugness and then they're like they got to they got to wait in their like we have nothing yeah they got yeah they got and they got to communication skills and it's everyone has a four we don't i don't have any more vc i'm gonna have to buy i can't i have time to earn it i can't grind (laughs) 98.5 the sports hub ultimate team really the worst sports game coming to you in 2023 yeah they got the zolax eyes and they're like oh we have zero we have zero attributes for his mm-hmm. eyes. Let's just use the fake ones, the ones that go sideways. Is, is there, is there, is there, is there like a way you can get cocaine in there? Because we need that. Uh, listen, I'm sure in the story mode, but if you play as the PR person, just realize there's a lot of side quests. <laughs> oh God! Now I'm now I'm imagining they're making a game for that for Steam because <laughs> you know they came 98.5 comes out with shirts all the time, and so you know that's I just want I just want to. Uh, what was that? Oh, WWF No Mercy on Nintendo 64 had like the best create uh, a wrestler mode. And now I just want to go create all the 98.5. Listen, I have EA Play and I'm pretty sure that one of the WWE games is on there. If it is, I'm going to go in and create some characters. (laughs) You should just, you should just record, you should create them and record and do like just a. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do, I'll do like a 98.5 Battle Royale. Absolutely. I will 100% (laughs) do that. If I, I will spend, I will make, yeah, I I will spend my free time. Make Beatles signature finisher, uh, the stink face like Rikishi. Oh, oh, for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm going to, this this is, this is going to be my entire personality now. So just be ready for that. Hey, hey, for the people, for the people listening, you did not have this on your bingo card. (laughs) No, this is, this is, this is way off the bingo card, but you know what? It should be. Feel free to tell us who you think will win the 98.5 Battle Royal. Oh, oh that, that should be. You, that just should be reminded, a... you just reminded me of, because the uh, the other guys didn't, they didn't do a show this week. So I, I, I'm, I, I can contact them later. But the March Sadness is back. So I feel that I yeah. should uh, promote that because it's a, it's a big deal. Um, the field of 64, um, I believe it's still going on. I could be wrong. Um, did, did they already did they already do the seating? Uh, I'm going to see. Uh, I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm, think, on, I'm on the 15net.com right now to make sure. I think uh, that Maz, Maz is going to go up the rankings a bit, obviously. 
I think Jim Murray's going up a, a little bit. I think Gresh is going to go much higher this year. Maybe I don't even did he even have a seed last year. I don't even remember. Listen, that. I I am just going to ride the Adam Jones rocket to the championship. Yeah, I think you're bracket. right. I think you're right. I am just heavy favorite to me. Gresh should have put Adam Jones in a suitcase. You know he wouldn't hit the weight limit with that. Yeah, listen, it, you you strap a rocket to him, and because he's so light, it does <laughs> like there it, it goes. <laughs> It goes. He might break every bone in his body like the fish from SpongeBob SquarePants, but he just goes straight up the line. The loudest, fastest thing on earth. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Patrick Scartelli, I think he, uh, Scartzi, I, th- I think I'll um, do you a favor and promote and promote you on here. Um, this there, there's, there's a contest that the 15 is holding. Um, if you can correctly predict who's going to be in the 2023 March Sadness Biggest Media Tournament, you might be able to win a 15 prize pack, which consists of two of the 15 coffee mugs and a pound of gourmet coffee, either whole beans or ground, depends on your choice, a March Sadness t-shirt, and another shirt from our genuine merch collection, and also a bottle of our special Smokehouse Sal's barbecue rub, made with our propriety blend of 15 herbs and spices and a couple more things too. Um, so the selection committee is going to pick the field of 64. There's going to be 13 radio media members, 13 print media members, 13 TV media personalities, 13 members of digital media and 12 at large picks. And just a reminder that the two previous tournament champions, John Tomasi and Greg Bedard and Boy, those those are two heavyweights, and I do mean heavyweights. <laughs> well, um, nope. They're not ineligible. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Not Bedard. Not 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 anymore. But but Beetle. Um, they're ineligible. But they're, listen, they're ineligible. Be- Beetle has to take at least two to four of the at-large bids. You know, it's like buying the extra <laughs> seats on the airplane. And and honestly, like I, I to to bring up like uh, nostalgia, we need like celebrity deathmatch claymation. Like simulations oh, of all hold, hold, hold up, hold up. If I can find this create a character component, I could create the March Sadness and have oh, matches. Yeah, didn't, they have, didn't they have a game of, of Celebrity Deathmatch, if I'm not mistaken? They, I think they it did. was a video game. They, they did, but if I, I can... If they had a create a player version. I, it, I, I don't know if they did, but if I can do it on on one of the WWE games, I will I will create <laughs> and inact, like recreate the matches and I can post them. And we can dis- have you're gonna disappear for two weeks. They're gonna <laughs> just... and then you're gonna come out with like you're gonna you're gonna come out with this most beautiful thing ever. It's like I did it. I put it all together. It'll it'll to only be in. it'll only be beautiful to me. Everyone, it will look oh, no. like you know it'll just be numbers on a screen. To everyone it'll else look like shit to everyone else. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like but... um it park like in Parks and Reclamation that um the claymation project that what's his face does when he's unemployed. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just a reminder that Tomasi and Bedard are eligible to compete in this tournament because they are the winners of the previous two tournaments. But in a rules change, they'll be able to regain eligibility after three years or three subsequent tournaments, whichever is the longer. So, and in in addition to that, any media member who is named host or co-host of a radio program between broadcasting weekdays between the 12 hours of 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. weekdays on either the sports clan or WEI earns an automatic bid. So 
what you can do is those of you listening out there, send your guesses to the 15 interns at this email address. It's bjbsj, bjbsjournalintern at gmail.com. So again, that email address is bjbsjournalintern at gmail.com. And that's between now and actually it, it, it's it may have ended today. I'm not sure because it says four four o'clock Eastern on L- listen, March 5th, Jack, get this get this, this posted. Get this yeah, posted. Get people's entries in last minute submissions. It's like the so you know hurry, the four o'clock committee meeting on on March for the March Madness. Get all those last minute ones in. Yeah. So hurry up and send it in. And the winner is going to be announced uh tomorrow, March 5th. So yeah, we're recording this after four. So um, if you haven't sent it in, just make sure you just write write in real quick. So, um, and then we'll, we'll do more segments okay. later on if we if we do if we do a couple of uh, I'm sure the entitled uh, a title town uh, mothership will discuss this, and then and then we'll we'll discuss it too in subsequent weeks. So. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love the March Madness tournaments. There are always some surprises in these tournaments, so we'll discuss it soon. But until then, that's going to do it for Entitled Weekend for this week. Um, you can follow Bill at the Fib 624 You can follow Dan at, uh, well, if you want to. I'm, I'm not sure if you want to because his account changes every every two weeks. But um, his is Dan Kang, I believe. What is it? Dan Kang six one six six one six and um, hey, you don't have to follow me. It's like I probably won't follow you back unless you're yeah because you're a reasonable because that, human being. Because, yeah, it, it was a whole story. But the the, um, the and, winner of the uh, March Sadness bracket also wins a follow from Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the big, the the most priceless of all prizes. Imagine some yeah. imagine somebody that that's blocked Dan in his new account is <laughs> wins the March Sadness. <laughs> Where is he? That's what they'll say. Yep. So until then, make sure you stay off the pike as as, as always, because you, that's what you should do. And turn off your radio slugs. <laughs>